It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU basketball following the lead of BYU football and reseeding the way they're going to go about season ticket opportunities for BYU fans. How's that going to affect fan interest going into the Big 12 era? We're discussing that as well as if we're still on portal watch for BYU basketball as the portal window closes tomorrow for men's basketball across the country. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, and thank you for being an everydayer with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto on our network is your team every day, and we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. And a big thank you for your support of this venture, as always. Uh, Diving right in on today's show, obviously uh, some news earlier this week from BYU Athletics. Following the lead of BYU, BYU football, who went about a new system of issuing season tickets for BYU football, which are reportedly sold out. But a little note on that here in just a moment. Uh, but BYU basketball has announced they're going to reseat the Marriott Center. And what that means, essentially, is the entirety of the Marriott Center, outside of a, of a select few opportunities, everybody, and I mean everybody is going to be reseated inside uh, BYU's home for men's and women's basketball this coming season. And uh, it's not wholly unexpected as BYU gets ready to go into the Big 12 Conference. And BYU made the announcement earlier this week explaining, essentially, and the, the question was, well, why, are, why are we reseating the Marriott Center? This is in their Q&A on their website. It says, we need strong and new rever- revenue generation processes. Reseating and raising the ticket price helps us achieve that goal by encouraging donations and increasing revenue. Ultimately, this helps put our athletic department in the best position position possible to take care of our student athletes, hire and retain the best coaches and staff possible, and put together the best product we can that all of Cougar Nation can be proud of and that can promote the mission and aims of Brigham University in the very best ways. Uh, Translation, BYU needs more money because guess what? More money is going to be required as BYU goes into the Big 12 Conference. Now, I I think there's some direction coming down from the Big 12 and Brett Yormark, their commissioner, that the Big 12, the goal here for the Big 12, it feels like under Brett Yormark's leadership, is to make the conference uh, an entertainment destination. That's what they are aspiring to do. Uh, Earlier, uh, I guess earlier this week, late last week, we heard a word that the Big 12 wants to go south of the border, play football games in Monterey and Mexico City potentially, as well as men's basketball in uh, the capital city down there, uh, Mexico City, Ciudad uh, uh, de Mexico. And that's the thing about this is that it's going to give an opportunity for all of uh, these Big 12 programs to open up maybe new opportunities to expose their brands, their programs, their athletes, etc., uh, to a new audience down in Mexico. But that just goes more to the point, I think, of what Brett Yormark's trying to do. He's trying to make the Big 12 a glitzy, glamour-type league that people aren't going to be able to take their eyes off of simply due to the fact they're just wondering what's next for the Big 12. Now, all of that, uh, coming down to the university level for BYU, is going to require more money. Now, BYU is going to be generating more money from their media uh, distributions they'll be receiving from the Big 12 than they ever have before. So there's going to be more money in the coffers there. But as BYU continues to compete and has all the travel responsibilities and that type of stuff uh, required of them at the Power 5 level, 
It requires an added or an increased investment in all of their athletic programs. I would imagine moving forward that I know that BYU football and men's basketball, by and large, have essentially traveled charter uh, for the last few seasons. I know on the basketball side of things, if they've traveled uh, commercially recently, I'd be very surprised. Football has been chartering for, it feels like, decades at this point. But I would imagine with the, the increased need for travel, whether it's to UCF or West Virginia or going back to the Midwest or down to Texas, I'm guessing, and this is just, I don't have any intel on this, I'm assuming that BYU is going to be willing to charter more programs flying directly to and from these sporting events to obviously uh, lessen the impact on missing days of class, that type of stuff on their student-athletes. But that obviously comes with increased costs. Charter flights are not cheap, and that's only just the kind of the tip of the iceberg of why BYU is going about this. But getting back to the point at hand is the BYU essentially has said that unless you are a facility donor, unless you donated money directly to the Marriott Center, your seats are, are going to be changed this year. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's going to give opportunities for, I guess, quote-unquote, fresh blood to move into new areas in the Marriott Center. Uh, some of you who have had season tickets for decades near family or friends uh, will have to hope that you can kind of uh, – get close to one another once again or find new friends essentially in the new seats you're sitting in but all in all the biggest goal here is for BYU to generate more money and I'm not necessarily opposed to this my, my question is and this is just my personal thing is that I'm a kid who grew up going to BYU games football and basketball when it felt like you could get in for a, a dollar maybe five bucks at most and I would sit near the top of the Marriott Center or up in the upper echelons of Lavelle Edwards Stadium but I was still in the building and that's the thing about this is 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 my kids, and I'm I think I'm speaking for others, I'm in my mid-30s. I've got young children, and they're starting to understand what dad does for work. Now, I, I obviously work in the sports media sphere, so I essentially have a free ticket to any sporting event I want I want to go to, but I don't necessarily have the opportunity to take my kids to a lot of sporting events. But my question is going to be for you, the lay fan out there, or booster, or whatever you you describe yourself as. My, my concern is, is for the younger generation, will they have that same type of access to get out and watch BYU as readily as I did as a young child? Uh, the opportunity to go and watch BYU football and basketball really is what made it near and dear to my heart. And I just wonder, with these increased costs, the increased ticket prices, how much will that uh, of an opportunity will that give to the younger generation to come in? Maybe I'm uh, completely up in the night and it's not going to affect anything in that regard, but I just I imagine with increased costs in terms of ticket prices, the overall uh, increase in price with concessions, we all know that inflation out there, just even just period, inflation out there with regards to getting uh, our money to go, the dollar to stretch further, it's actually got, it's not stretching as far as it once did, and that's, that's all in the calculus here. How much money can you truly uh, expect to spend on entertainment versus your your needs. It's more of a want. and You guys know what I'm talking about. But here's the thing about this. I uh, obviously have talked about this in the past. A couple seasons ago, I bought a pair of season tickets uh, to BYU football games and sent uh, some BYU fans who have not otherwise been had an opportunity to go out to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and enjoy a football game on me in the podcast. I, I didn't solicit money for that. I actually saved up some money from my podcast uh, and I, I bought those tickets. Well, I decided, you know what, after taking a year off last year and I probably should have done it last year, just I, I was too late on the draw to get it done last year. I decided, you know what, maybe I'll jump back in. So I, I reached out to the BYU ticket office and this is for BYU football and I'm assuming it would be a similar circumstance to BYU basketball, but I, I'm drawing on a personal experience here to kind of explain I, I, what I think is more of what the future is going to be if you want to get uh, if you want to be a season ticket holder for BYU. 
BYU. I reached out, expressed my interest in buying a pair of season tickets. Uh, I, I The tickets I had last time were very much uh, nosebleed upper part of the south end zone, and I didn't figure that would be too much of an ask to, to secure a couple of those. I reached out, and this was right around the time that BYU announced that they had sold out a season ticket. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not going to get the opportunity. Well, lo and behold, just a few days later, I got a message from the BYU ticket office saying, hi, Jake, I'm so-and-so from BYU Tickets. Are you still interested potentially in season tickets for BYU football? Well, I responded, yes, I am interested, but the question I have is, are they still available? Because I saw you guys announced that you're sold out. They said, the response I got, it was, this, is, this is the kicker here. Uh, if I was willing, and this is the response I got, if I was willing to donate, I think it was a $1,250 donation. Essentially, I think they said it was the gold level member of Cougar Club membership. They said we have season tickets still available to those who are willing to donate that much money. Now, that would entail me donating $1,250 to the Cougar Club, but then also buying season tickets on top of that. Uh, I decided I'd ultimately that was just too expensive for my blood. I don't make that much money on this podcast, if I'm being frank. And I, I passed on the opportunity, but that screams to me. I think that the future here, if you're going to be a fan who wants to have season tickets and wants to have access in the Big 12 era, uh, essentially they want you to be a Cougar Club member. They want you to uh, contribute. A, a, I'm not saying it's a, a significant amount of money, but a thousand, twelve hundred bucks. It's it's not insignificant either. So. Uh, I guess uh, I'm trying to say this is that I understand why BYU is going about the process this way uh, because they obviously they need to generate more revenue and ticket revenue is a huge part of the calculus when it comes to looking at budgets and that type of stuff. As I mentioned, BYU is going to be making quite a bit more money than they ever have from their media distribution rights. But all of the investment BYU is making for football, for basketball, and all the other uh, programs inside the athletic department and even inside the athletic department itself, the upgrades, the additional staff they're hiring, to really bolster what they're trying to accomplish here going into the Big 12. It requires greenbacks. It requires money. And that's what BYU is trying to find ways to, to generate that revenue. Is it ever going to be enough? Who knows? Honestly, it, it just feels like this is a multi-million dollar business and it's an empire that uh, in some ways it'll consume as much money as you're willing to feed it. But at the same time, I am hopeful that in the end, it still remains accessible for the the, the lay fan. And I'm, I'm talking about people like me. I, I grew up very much a middle-class uh, kid in Orem, Utah. Didn't necessarily have, uh, I would, I, if I, I probably asked my parents, I don't think they had thousands of dollars to drop on BYU season tickets, but I was still given the opportunity to get out and watch uh, quite a few BYU contests. And that's the thing about this. I'm hopeful that the next generation coming up of BYU fans, whether it's your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, that type of stuff, they're going to be given that same type of opportunity I had to get out and watch BYU. And the question I have is, will the price point at some point be... I guess it's just too much. It's too expensive uh, for people to do that. And time will tell, but I am interested to see how this goes. Now, I know that BYU football, when it came to the season ticket deal, a lot of people were upset that their tickets they had had for years were, in their, uh, in, in their eyes, kind of swept out from underneath them. You know what? It, it, with this basketball thing, they've essentially said, no, do not plan to have your same seat that you have had for, I don't care if it's a year, five years, 30 years. They're reseating the entire Marriott Center, and it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. It'll be playing out this summer. Uh, you obviously can get priority points by being a member of the Cougar Club. As I mentioned, my personal experience with the Cougar Club on the football side of things, I'm sure if I reached out for BYU basketball, it'd be a similar circumstance, but uh, I am interested to see ultimately where things land. Will uh, take Tickets for Ben's basketball sell out the same uh, 
the same way that BYU football did. Only time will tell. But uh, I'll say this one more time, by the way. If any of you do have a pair of season tickets in the end zone areas for BYU football, this is a shameless plug, I'm happy to buy them off you guys. I, I love sending Cougar fans. Like, I guess it's my way to give back, as I mentioned, to those fans who may not have otherwise have access to BYU sporting events in person. If I have a means to do that, and if you guys have a pair of tickets you're looking to, to, to give up, and like I said, I, I'm not necessarily looking to swing for the fences. A couple of you have reached out with really, really uh, great offers, and I cannot thank you guys enough. But if you do have a pair of tickets you're maybe not planning on using, you're planning on maybe uh, throwing them on the secondary market, whatever it is, and they're like end zone or upper echelons of the east, uh, I guess the east stands, where they're not necessarily the most expensive, but at the same time, at, uh, you can get into the building to watch BYU. I'd be interested in talking to you and maybe buying them off you because I just I love providing access and I guess it's kind of my goal here with the podcast is to give that younger generation or BYU fans who may not otherwise have an opportunity to go out and watch the Cougars in person that opportunity every so often. So interesting uh, times ahead, but uh, I'm neither surprised nor stunned that BYU is making these moves because as I said, they obviously need to find new revenue generation means and obviously increasing ticket prices. It's a really, really quick way and a really effective way uh, to make more money. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to stick with the BYU basketball theme for a minute because the transfer portal window for men's basketball closes tomorrow. Are we still on portal watch for guys coming into the program and potentially guys still entering the portal? Uh, uh, we will talk about some of the options that may play out on that front coming up here in just a minute. And later on in today's show, uh, some notes on BYU football. I have two personnel notes I want to pass some news along about. We'll get to those as today's show, show progresses right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Now, you guys have heard me talk about Built Bars forever. I've actually got a, a, a Cougar Tell a Built Bar, and I'm not 100% certain. I haven't checked recently. I don't know if these are still available on Built.com, but... Think about that. That Cougar Tell specific one uh, benefits the BYU football program directly via an NIL deal with the BYU football program. But more importantly, the thing about Built Bars is they're absolutely delicious. I absolutely love my Built Bars. I've got like four or five favorite flavors out there. The Cougar Tell flavor has actually become a favorite of mine. Grasshopper cookie, cookie dough, uh, the chocolate orange flavor, as well as uh, a couple other ones out there. The snickerdoodle flavor that comes along every so often. I can guarantee you will find a Built Bar that will absolutely taste tantalize your taste buds, but the best part is you will not believe how healthy it is for you guys. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein packed into one each one of these Built Bars. It's just absolutely incredible how good it tastes versus how healthy it is for you guys. You can kind of do away with all the other calories, the fat, the sugar in your other snacks and get a healthy treat with our friends at Built Bar. So get to Built.com right now and place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5 for 15% off your order. Or if you need your Built Bars right Right away, you can stop by your local Smith's and or Sam's Club today to pick them up. Four bar packs available now at Smith's as well as 13 bar bulk packages available at your local Sam's Club. I've also seen them. Birdie told me that uh, Costco has them. I've also seen them at Macy's. So essentially all the retailers here along the Wasatch Front seem to have them. But get enjoy the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you for being an everydayer as well with us here. Uh, tomorrow on the podcast, we talked yesterday with uh, Locked On Baylor host Drake Toll. Tomorrow, Alex Frank from Locked On Bearcats. We're talking about Cincinnati. Uh, what to expect from one of the new debutantes alongside BYU in the Big 12. They'll obviously be facing off in BYU's Big 12 home opener on September 29th. Getting an early look at the Bearcats coming out of spring ball from Alex Frank. That'll be on tomorrow's podcast for all of you who, uh, I don't know, I would encourage you guys, if you haven't done so, make sure you're an everydayer and check out the podcast on a daily basis. All right, so the NCAA transfer portal for men's basketball closes tomorrow. Now, obviously, uh, BYU has made quite a few moves in the transfer portal, and I, I'm expecting them, obviously, to continue to evaluate all options. It feels like at this point, BYU still could bring in maybe one more guy I- into their program. Uh, Robbie McCombs did a really big mailbag for Vanquish the Foe, and he kind of talked about how he sees things going, and I'm with him. If you're going to bring in somebody at this point, if you're BYU basketball, it essentially has to be a big man. It's got to be a four or a five who uh, you can come in and, and really bolster BYU's frontline depth. I think they've done a good job bringing in guys like Ali Khalifa. I think he is a fantastic addition in the front court for BYU, but there's still only four big men in that front court. And if you're counting Noah Waterman as being that fourth uh, big man, I would question in terms of the overall depth that BYU has in that front court. Now, uh, the other question will be, if you do bring another player in, that's going to put you over the scholarship limit as we understand things are going right now. Now, the intel I have received this week in talking with some people is to watch two players in particular. I'm not saying either one of them is necessarily going to leave BYU, but there are two names to keep an eye on if you're a BYU basketball fan who's wondering how this math may work out with regards to scholarships. The two names I've been told to watch, Jake Wallen, he's been rumored for quite some time. He's coming home off of a mission and like, I think it feels like in a week, if not sooner than that. Uh, what his decision will be, whether it is he ultimately is going to enroll at BYU or maybe look elsewhere at other programs. I was told very specifically by multiple people to keep an eye on his situation. There's not necessarily a concrete uh, uh report or what I've heard from people is that he, it's not necessarily that he it's a done deal. He's doing one thing or the other, but expect him to make an announcement shortly after he returns from the mission field. I thought somebody said, I think it was May 16th. So uh, it's actually less than a week away from today. Uh, today's podcast, speaking of Thursday, uh, May 10th, but the other name to keep an eye on, this is the one that uh, surprised me, but it also doesn't surprise me in a way is Tanner Toulson. Now Tanner was a part of that crew that came back off of a mission. I uh, showed some uh, early uh, promise before suffering a season-ending injury around the midway point of this past season. Uh, Before that, he was very much relegated to a deeper bench role for BYU, and I have been told that if anybody's going to leave the program ahead of the transfer portal closing, he may be the guy who does it. Does that mean that he ultimately will make that decision? No, that does not mean that, but that is the way. Uh, For those of you who have been wondering, and trust me, I've seen a number of questions come in about this, and we'll get to more of a a full mailbag edition of the podcast on Friday if you want to send in those questions. We'll get to that then. But if you want to kind of do the math on how BYU would facilitate bringing in another transfer if they do decide to do that, well, essentially you've got to have one or one or two guys leave the program. And like I said, those are the two players that I have been told to keep an eye on. Uh, I know some people out there thought that Noah Waterman may be on the outs, but everything I am hearing is that he is very much locked in at BYU. So the two names to pay attention to is return missionary Jake Wallen. Uh, I'm assuming he'll make an announcement on what he's going to do shortly after he returns from the mission field. And then also in terms of the active roster, guys currently in the program at BYU, the one name I was told this week to keep an eye on would be Tanner Toulson's name. Does that mean that, like I said, does that mean he has completely decided he's going to leave BYU? No, that does not. But 
But that, like I said, is the only way BYU essentially can facilitate another addition via the transfer portal unless uh, a guy like Tanner Toulson does decide to stick around, but BYU were to move him to like walk-on status. I don't necessarily think that is quite possible. Not quite possibly. I don't think that's the most... Um, how do I say this? I don't think that's the most easy way to do that because it's a hard conversation to have with a young man saying, okay, we recruited you to come in on scholarship, but you know what we're going to do now? You're actually going to be a walk-on out to pay your way, but we're going to do our best to help you with NIL. Now, NIL has obviously been a big part of this, the Royal Blue Collective. I cannot reiterate how big of a uh, of a heaven-sent uh, operation it is to help facilitate opportunities for stuff like this, to help student-athletes benefit from their name, image, and likeness. But it's just it's a hard conversation to have with a guy and tell him, hey, we thought you were worthy of a scholarship once upon a time, but now we don't. We need you to move to, to non-scholarship status, be a walk-on with the program while we go out and bring this guy in uh, who we're going to recruit over you in, in a way. And so I, I don't think, like I said, it's not a done deal on either the Toulson end or the Wallen end, but keep an eye on both of them. Like I said, those are the two I was, I've heard from multiple people this week that would be the ones to watch uh, in terms of BYU if they needed to facilitate another move via the transfer portal. Now, there have been reports out there. There's a kid from UMKC, I forget his name off the top of my head, who lists BYU as one of his final fours. He's going to make an announcement, uh, commitment. I think it was coming today on the pod. I don't remember when it was coming, but uh, the reports are, I, I saw, uh, I think it was, was it uh, Robbie McCombs, who said that, well, it's kind of hard to have a, a team as, your, as a finalist in your group if they haven't offered you. And I was like, well, that's kind of new, but it's kind of the new reality of recruiting, folks. These athletes really can uh, say anything they really want to say on social media, and who knows? Maybe there was a, a stealth offer extended, but a guy like Robbie McCombs, if he's saying this guy hasn't gotten an offer, it was like Ron Quavion or something like that, Ron Quavius uh, from UMKC, and that's the thing about this is uh, I just I, I look at uh, – I'm trying to pull up that name here, but I I don't necessarily understand how you would go about saying that, hey, this school is one of my final four, but then, you know, at the same time, some of the most... some of the most connected reporters from that school, speaking of a guy like Robbie McCombs, say that this guy doesn't have an offer. It's like, what are you doing out here? And that that's going to be the interesting part to see how BYU manages this. But like I said, the only way I see BYU making another move via the transfer portal is if it's going to be a, an athlete that's a big man, a four or a five, who can come in and bolster BYU's front line. If, that, if they can facilitate that, if they can bring in a guy they feel like can be the right option on the front line for them, bolster the depth, maybe make it so that you can have have a guy like Noah Waterman at six foot eleven be more of a swing man, which it seems to be a role that he's better suited for. Okay, maybe that is the more tenable situation for BYU basketball wise. But I just I, I don't see necessarily them making a ton more moves, and that's not a bad thing. I think BYU basketball right now on paper is going to be far more competitive, and I, competitive is a relative term. I understand that going into the Big Twelve era than I thought they were going to be just about a month ago. So. Take it for what it's worth, my friends. I don't necessarily think that I'm I'm breaking any news to you. Uh, maybe I am. But at the same time, don't be surprised if BYU makes maybe one more move uh, when it comes to basketball before really kind of setting their roster and getting on in uh, to their off-season workouts, off-season conditioning, and obviously skill development uh, during the summer months. All right, coming up here in just a minute, as promised, got two uh, uh, personnel updates for you on the BYU football side of things that we'll talk about. We'll also look back at another game in BYU's independent era. 
excuse me, independent era. Wow. Didn't expect that to come out. Apologies for that. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about uh, another game as BYU plods their way through the 2016 season as our retrospective on all 155 BYU independent football games rolls on. All that coming up right here in just a moment. Now, a word real quick on our friends over at Perry Homes. Now, Perry Homes has been working with us for the past three months, and I've absolutely enjoyed my time working with them. But I want to remind you guys, whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. The best part is they got beautiful communities across the Wasatch Front, Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, Utah County. They also can get you in multiple communities down in Red Rock Country in Washington County near St. George. they got the options available to you now. They also offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes to help fit your needs. They even have quick moving homes that they've already built that are available now if you're ready to move right away and they're offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well if you want to get started today. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine. I want to give a shout out real quick. This is not a paid endorsement, but uh, this hat I'm wearing, it, it's part of the Hive Golf Collection. Zach Hicken, who is actually uh, one of our everydayers, if I'm not mistaken, on this podcast, a former sports media member. He's gone and kind of created his own golf apparel brand. Uh, I got to give Zach a shout out. Like I said, I'm not being paid by Zach to say this. I love what he's doing with Hive Golf. And if you guys have an opportunity, check it out. If you want uh, some like, it's like lifestyle gear for the golfer out there. And it's really fun stuff. And they have a really cool thing they're doing right now. If you've got a female golfer, in your life. It might be an idea for Mother's Day, maybe a little uh, too close in terms of getting the shipping in order to get it in time for Mother's Day, but I guess you could pr- essentially print it out on a card and say this is coming, but they've got a really cool, they're calling it their Queen Bee Collection on the Hive uh, channel. Uh, go to Hive Golf and check it out. It's on social media. It's it's great stuff, and like I said, a big shout out to Zach, a longtime friend and obviously a listener slash viewer here on Locked On Cougars. Big, big tip of the cap to him and uh, looking forward to seeing what he continues to bring to market. Uh, with Hive Golf. All right, before we go on today's show, two notes for you guys on the BYU football side of things real quick is that officially Jake Eichhorn, uh, that's how you actually pronounce his name correctly. I said that incorrectly when uh, he originally was report- had committed to BYU. Offensive lineman transferring in from Weber State for the BYU football program. Six foot five, 285 pounds. I think this is a pretty welcome addition for BYU because I had a conversation with somebody who knows Jake very, very well. And they said, Jake, uh, sp- speaking to me, I'm, I'm speaking of myself, they told me that, hey, Jake, keep an eye on this Jake Icorn kid. They said that he has overcome so many obstacles in his life. He's got a lot of off-the-field stuff that very easily, and if you knew his backstory, some of you might might know that. He's from Beaver, Utah. Uh, played for the Beaver Beavers down there, Beaver High School. Won two state titles. Was the 2A state player of the year uh, when he was playing for Beaver back in 2020. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal football player, and I think a welcome addition to BYU's football program. But he's overcome some really, really tough odds to make it to where he's at. He was a really, really good offensive of Lyman last year for Weber State, and the person who talked to me about this said, Jake, do not discount the fact that Icorn could 
challenge for playing time, if not a starting job, as soon as this fall. They believe he is that good. And that's a, that's that that meant a lot to me to hear that from somebody. Because like I said, this person is far more uh, football savvy than even I am. And I consider myself fairly football savvy. But they said that Icorn has got the ability, the size, the skill set to come in and really push for playing time. And they think he'll be in the two deep at minimum this year for BYU, if not starting for the Cougars. And like I said, that, w- that was news to me because we've seen guys like Waylon Lapuaho transfer in here. Uh, Paul Miley, a transfer from Utah, could figure- factor in at the guard spot. Ian Fitzgerald, another ju- uh, not junior college in FCS, All-American type, came in, uh, figures to compete at guard. But they think this Jake Icorn absolutely could challenge for playing time. And like I said, the, the background I got on this, I, I'm not going to detail all the things about this, but this kid, I, I'm really impressed with what I hear about him because the, the the stories I have heard about the the kind of the off-the-field challenges, some family situation type stuff that he has overcome is absolutely just heartwarming stuff. And we'll see if it pans out the way that people told me it is, but I'm very intrigued by him. So congratulations officially to Jake Icorn, the newest member of the BYU football program. Now, the other news is I talked with somebody... Uh, inside the BYU football program who told me that there was some concern and I, I we talked about this when spring ball was wrapping up that Micah Harper was in a, a knee brace that was it was pretty it was a pretty bulky knee brace we're talking about the type of knee braces uh, that you look at typically when a guy tears an ACL or has pretty significant uh, knee damage uh, but what I understand is the reason that he was wearing that bulky brace and we saw it as a media core in the final few practices of BYU spring ball was that he under he had an injection and Jay Hill already detailed this so I'm not breaking any news here uh, but he had a, an injection into his knee to uh, heal up uh, some some damage in there. But all things considered, it sounds like he is well on his way to full recovery and should be full go relatively soon. So any concern that that brace indicated uh, more extensive damage than uh, what was being talked about slash mentioned. Uh, the good news is it sounds like Micah Harper, I, got, I think, will start this year for BYU at safety opposite of Malik Moore. I think they would actually, those two make a very, very fantastic safety tandem for BYU going into the Big 12 era. The good news is it sounds like uh, uh, Micah Harper is well on his way to 100% recovery and is expected to be a big contributor for BYU this fall. So hopefully uh, that will uh, bolster some of your guys' opinion on uh, how things are looking uh, with regards to the Cougars. Uh, uh, as they get ready for this fall, but the bigger the bigger uh, con- concept is is the BYU. I think they're really. Uh, going to be far more competitive in football right now, just based on what I'm looking at. I, I could be completely up in the night on this. I've talked about this enough that I'm not I'm, I'm not Nostradamus over here, but I think BYU is going to be a pretty feisty squad when all is said and done. But like I said, only time's going to tell. When BYU finally gets out on the football field, that's really when they're going to either prove it or and or show that, hey, they're, they may be more of a pretender. But uh, some good news on both fronts with regards to Jake Icorn and Micah Harper that I, I was wanting to pass along to you guys. All right, final note real quick before we go on. On today's show. We've been going through the 2016 season pretty slow. I apologize that we've not been as consistent with this. We've been looking back at all 155 games in BYU football history, but BYU got off to a really slow start in 2016 and uh, they obviously suffered back-to-back losses to Utah and UCLA in pretty disappointing fashion, but then BYU uh, headed uh, back east. They were headed uh, to uh, FedEx Field out there in Landover, Maryland. They had a neutral site game against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, this was the second neutral site game for BYU in the first month of the season, and also their fourth straight Power 5 opponent to start the season. And BYU battled back and forth in this game, and but the problem was they just never seemingly could get over the top as West Virginia beat the Cougars 35-32 to in this game. Uh, West Virginia had a two-score lead early in the fourth quarter, and uh, BYU uh, came... Uh, 
came back in this game, but like I said, it just it was too little, too late for BYU. They dropped to one and three on the season. In the game, Taysom Hill actually was up and down. I ended up with 241 passing yards, two touchdowns, but three interceptions. Really, not what you wanted to see, Skyler. Excuse me, Skylar Howard outdueled him uh, with 31 of 40 passing, 332 yards, one touchdown against one interception. But the bigger thing was BYU somehow lost this game despite rushing for 280 yards. Jamal Williams had 169 yards of his own. Taysom Hill ran for 105 of his own. Uh, Jamal had two touchdowns on the ground. But somehow, typically, if you were to tell me BYU is going to run the ball 40 times, tack on 280 yards on the ground, and average a healthy seven yards per carry, I would tell you BYU nine times out of 10 is going to win that game. Well, guess what? In this game against West Virginia, it was that 10th game, essentially. And it was a disappointing loss. It sunk BYU to 1-3. and three. And I vividly remember watching this game. I was actually watching it with a friend of mine. And he was saying, is this what the Kalani Satake era is going to look like? Is BYU uh, sucking and they're going to struggle? Well, we would find out soon enough that BYU would turn the boat around and get, get rolling here in the 2016 season. Also might have helped that you know the the schedule turned a little bit for BYU, but nonetheless dropped to one and three. But then they would bounce back in a pretty significant way with one of the more thrilling wins that I can vividly remember, and one of the more like high scoring shootout type games in recent memory for BYU that we will detail. Uh, I will get to that on the Friday edition of the podcast. So big thank you once again for making us your first listen to the day. Thank you for being in every day or with us here on the podcast. Reminder tomorrow we're checking in with the Cincinnati Bearcats, Locked On Bearcats host uh, Alex Frank will join me to talk all things BYU and Cincinnati Bearcats. So stay tuned for that on tomorrow's podcast. And as I mentioned, on Friday, we're talking uh, mailbag. What you guys want to talk about. If you got questions you want to submit now, please do so. We'll get to those on our Friday edition of the podcast. But until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.